The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Amen. Well, today we're going to be continuing in the brand new series that we started last week. And the series we titled Run Your Own Race. And, and really our prayer through this series is, is simply this, is, is that, you know, we're going to see many people here, many people watching online released into their assignments. We're going to see many people released really into, into their destinies. And our prayer for you all who, you know, have a good sense of what you're calling, what your specific assignment is, man, we're praying that through this assignment, you're going to begin to walk in a greater boldness, a greater confidence in the things that God has specifically assigned for you and you alone to do. But that the heart of the series, and really for me, the heart of this this whole series is that as you begin to run your own race with boldness with confidence that you know you're going to begin to inspire and also to encourage the people around you you're going to begin to really man they're going to look at you and they're going to be like what but you're going to be inspire them to also begin to run their own races and also begin to fulfill the things that God specifically has for them to do. Amen. And so I'm so very excited because this series, man, I think it's, we've already received some testimonies. Like after, after the first service, we already had people coming up to us saying, man, God is really, this is a word that they really need. And I believe it's, this is a word in season um, for many of you, many of you today. Well, let's go quickly to Hebrews 12 verse one, and we're going to read it in the NIV. And this is our foundational scripture um, that we looked at um, last week. And Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And the scripture says, let us run with perseverance the race. Come on, someone say the race, the race that is marked out for us. And so what we see in this passage of scripture is we see that there is a divinely ordained race. And the NIV says that has been marked out for each and every single one of us. You know, whether this race is in the marketplace, like Taz's race, whether this race is in the arena or on the mountain of government, in the education arena, whether this race is in the arts and entertainment, um, on the family mountain, or even if you're called in the fivefold ministry um, yourself, every single one of us have a call of God on our lives. And the thing about this calling is that we've had this calling even before we were ever born. Let's go quickly to Jeremiah 1 verse 5. And we're going to read in the New King James Version. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 in the New King James. You know, God speaking to Jeremiah, Prophet Jeremiah, he says this. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. He says, before you were ever born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And so what we see in this passage of Scripture is before Jeremiah was even conceived, you know, before Jeremiah was even born, before Jeremiah knew that he had a call of God on his life, before he even knew what that calling was, the scripture says, God says, God knew him and God had a call on his life. And, and for Jeremiah, a specific calling was for him to be a prophet to the nations. Well, church, I want to say this morning, the same thing is true about you. You know, uh, before your parents even knew about each other. 
you know, before you were even conceived, you know, before you were, you were born. Man, man, you, I, I'm going to keep saying this because I believe someone just needs to hear this. You are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You know, you were created by God himself for a purpose. And he created you on purpose. And so last week we learned, man, not only do we have a call of God on our life, but God has already given us every single, everything, everything that we'll ever need to fulfill that call. In other words, God has given us the grace to run our own race. We learned last week that that word grace, when it comes to assignment, it simply means this. Grace is the divine enablement that allows you to do what you could never do in your own strength. And we're given this divine enablement so that we can do everything that God is calling us to do. You know, we also learned that this uh, last week that uh, although grace is always available, although gra God's grace is more than enough, you know, while God's grace is sufficient for us, that we can begin to limit God's grace from working in our lives. And one of the ways in which we limit God's grace from working in our lives to do the things that he has specifically called us to do is when we begin to compare ourselves to one another. Man, the scripture says that comparing ourselves to one another is not wise. And, and I, Brother Musa said this. He said it's dumb. He, he said it. And I didn't. <laughs> he said it. I just said it's not the sharpest thing you can do. But Musa just drops it like it's hot. And he's like, it's dumb. Okay? Well, it's not very smart, okay, to be honest. Because when we're comparing ourselves to one another, you know, we know, you know, one of two outcomes is guaranteed. Either you're going to feel worse um, when other people are, are doing better than you, or you're going to feel better when other people are doing worse than you. And I mean, none of these outcomes honor God. None of these outcomes, you know, glorify God. And both, in fact, both of these outcomes will, will lead you to living well below God's very best for you. And so we learned again another reason why comparison is not very smart is because it causes you to be resentful. We also learned that it causes you to reject um, other people who have what you want, you know. And, 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 and if you're going to hate on people for having what you want, you know, we learned that, man, you, you, you're probably not going to have that thing that you want, okay. And th these are the, some of the, the, the uh, you know, the dangers of comparison. You know, we also learned that uh, offense keep you, keeps you mistrust, not offense, comparison keeps you mistrusting of God and offended at him. Because really at the heart of co comparison um, is, is, man, you're saying, man, God loves other people more than he loves me. You know, the heart of comparison, what you're really saying to yourself is God is more willing to bless other people than he is willing to bless me. And so, man, comparison is a trap. Comparison is a trap. We also learned that comparison, and this is really where we ended last week and we're segueing into what really I want to teach you this morning. We learned that comparison causes you to try to be something that you're not so that you can feel good about yourself or so that you can feel, you know, you, you're kind of measuring up, right, to someone or some people's standards. You know, we learned, and, and I, I, I think it bears repeating today, that, man, the surest way to fail is to try and change an unchangeable. And, and, and the, uh, the unchangeable, something that you can't change, is who God called you to be. Who God called you to be. And we need to just be who God called us to be. Because if we, if we want to be someone who we're not, if we want to do something that God didn't call us to be, man, it's a one-way ticket to failure. Okay. And so I promised you last week... Um, 
But I was going to share with you some tools, you know, that the Lord um, really um, uh, taught me, showed me through his word, through, uh, uh, you know, mentors, you know, people that I looked up to, um, some tools that really have helped me um, really begin to break free from this trap of comparison. And my sincerest prayer, man, we pray, we pray for you. We pray the whole week for you. My sincerest prayer for you all is that, man, as you, as you, as you listen to these tools, um, you, you will begin to apply them in your own life too, right? And as you begin to do the work, okay because you know we must do the word but as you begin to do the word man you too will begin to see victory over all the situations all the circumstances and especially when it comes to comparison that have been holding you back from running your own race amen so who's ready I know I am so ready okay and man, we're going to be sharing I really I'm praying to God that we get to six okay I've got to we kind of got to five but we really need to finish up this whole topic of comparison. So I'm really praying to God we get to six. And that will depend on how good you are. <laughs> okay, so if you like participate, we'll get to six. <laughs> okay, so today is really about empowering you with tools that are going to help you break free from the trap of comparison. I actually said this morning, actually what I should have called these is the cure for comparison. Okay, so the first cure is simply this. It's learn to say no to people who put comparisons on you. Learn to say no to people who put comparisons on you. You know, they're gonna be people that are gonna come into your lives. And for most of you, these people might even be in your lives right now, right? But they're gonna come into your lives, they are in your lives, and they're gonna want you to do something, they're gonna want you to be something that you're not. You know, they're really, there will always be people who are gonna try and squeeze you into their mold. You know what I'm talking about? They're trying to squeeze you into their mold. And they're going to try and forcefully pressurize you into being who they want you to be. And not who God told you to be. You know, we've had these people come into, into our lives, right? Into, you know, when we, when we started ministry, when we started Faithful Church. Man, these people came and they also left. But we had people come and man, they tried to tell us, they tried to tell us to be something that we're not, you know, in our dressing you know, for some reason, they were convinced that uh, preaching in torn jeans was not anointed enough. Anyway, clearly not. Um, clearly not. Clearly not. You know, we've had people come. We've had people go that have, been try that have tried to get us to. They've said, no, 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 no. You know, the word doesn't work. Motivational speaking does. And man, if you look at that mega church down there, they're doing motivational speaking and they're drawing the thousands, thousands, thousands. Come on, let's do motivational speaking. That wasn't who God, what God called us to do. That wasn't the vision that God told us. Man, he told us when we started a faithful church, he said, man, teach the word, teach the word because it's the word that's going to transform lives. And when people's lives are transformed, they're going to, okay. So man, they're going to be other people, um, especially when you're in leadership. And I don't know what it is, but there's just something about when God begins to promote you. There's something about when God begins to elevate you. And all of a sudden, people begin to have opinions about what you should be doing that other people are doing. I don't, I really don't know. And I probably, Lord, you need to help me understand this. But there's something about when you uh, are put into a position of leadership and all of a sudden people feel authorized. They feel that their voices are authorized. They're authorized to give you opinions, to give you opinions of, of, of what really you should be teaching. 
that someone else then you know Randberg <laughs> is teaching you know what I mean you probably understand right they're gonna be people that are gonna try and put yokes on you and that God never intended for you for you to have they're gonna be people that are gonna try and put burdens on on you that God never 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 designed for you to carry and you know one of the causes of comparison one of the reason why so many people feel so frustrated so miserable so burnt out so confused about what God has called them to specifically do is because people are always trying to please people and in pleasing people, they begin to take on their yokes. They begin to take on burdens, which, which really become, become quite a burden. Okay? And so let's, uh, Jesus speaking in Matthew 11, he says something really profound in verses 29 to 30. Jesus says this, Matthew 11, verse 29 to 30. He says, take my yoke upon you. Now this is really profound. Because the only yoke that we should be taking on us Man, is Jesus' yoke. And so Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. He says, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. And verse 30, he says, for my yoke is easy. And he says, and my burden is light. Now that word easy is the Greek word, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, trestos, <laughs> C-H-R-E-S-T-O-S. And this is what um, the word means. It means pleasurable. It means delightful. You know, easy, or this Greek word, uh, trestros, also means comfortable. And get this, it means fitting. Amen? So Jesus' yoke is not only comfortable, but it also fits you. And so this is what I read. I came across a commentary around um, uh, Matthew 11, verse 30. And this is what the, what the commentary said. It said, when you are yoked together with Jesus, even the most difficult assignments become pleasurable. It's the situations that would normally make you uneasy, and they become comfortable. And so Jesus, in verse 30, he says, not only is my yoke easy, but he says, my burden, my burden is light. And that word light um, is the Greek word elephron, which describes something that's not burdensome. That's not a heavy burden. That's not a heavy load. And so when people start to put their yokes on you, you can be rest assured that those, those yokes they're putting on you, they're not going to be easy. You know, those, those burdens they're putting on you, they are not going to be light. Why? Because they're not from God. They're absolutely not from God. And so when, when people start putting their yokes on you, putting their burdens on you, I've got a solution. And I can summarize that solution really in three words. Take it off. Take it off. If what they're calling you to do doesn't fit you, Take it off. If they're calling you to, to say something, to be someone th that's not comfortable to you, that's not who you are, take it off. And I said to the, the first service, <laughs> she felt really inspired to say this um, in the first service. I want to speak to parents. And I'm a parent, so I'm probably speaking to myself. Parents, don't put yokes on your children. Don't do it, okay? Don't try to fulfill your dreams through your children. You know, we've got, um, we hear stories, you know, where someone always wanted to be a doctor. 
And for some reason, maybe they just didn't get the grades to be the doctor. They just didn't qualify. They get, didn't get, even get those university exemptions or whatever they are, right? Or, or maybe it's a financial reason. They're not a doctor, right? That was their lifelong dream. But come what may, my daughter is going to be a doctor. I don't care what the Lord, I don't, I, I, we're going to have a doctor in this family. Man, parents, take those yokes off. Take those yokes off. Because one day your child is going to have to stand before God. And they're going to be held accountable. They're going to be held accountable for what God called them to do. And not what you wanted them to do. Ouch. Okay? So take them off. I'm going I'm, I'm to take them off. Take them off. Take, take them off. And so, and so, yeah, no, take them off. And so, and so, um, Leaders specifically, um, you know, God's going to be elevating many of you in this church. Man, when, when people put the yokes on you, take them off. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. In other words, really what Jesus is saying is, Jesus is saying, do what I've told you to do. Yeah. You know, Jesus is saying, be who I've called you to be. Yeah. Amen. And so leaders, again, I, I, you know, man, there's, again, there's something about leadership. Um, that this, 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 this becomes a real, real reality. Um, but part of your sex success in life, um, as God starts promoting you, as God starts elevating you, is, is, learning, is learning this, is learning to say no to the things that you're not supposed to do so that you can create room in your life to do the things that God specifically wants you to do. And man, I, I was a people pleaser. I, I, I think I grew up a people pleaser. I, honestly, I did. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you, I think even when I, it probably got worse when I was born again because I thought Christians were not allowed to say no. You know, I really, I the heart of my heart. And then, then I became a pastor's wife and I was like, pastor's wives definitely can't say no. We're just supposed to be sweet, you know, all the time. And then I, I, I came across a scripture, man, that just absolutely set me free. And it was Matthew 5, verse 37. And it said this. It said, let your yes be, your, be a yes and let your no be a no. And then I realized, man, not only should we be saying yes, but there's absolutely room in our lives to say no. You can say no. In fact, some of you should be saying no to things. And I want to talk to some people, pleasers. I want to tell you something about the word no that, man, I began to discover. No is not a bad word. It's not. It really is not. No is not a sign of weakness. It really is not. No is not a sign of you not being capable of doing the thing that you're saying no to. This is, this is going to help someone. It's not a sign that you're not capable of doing the thing that you're saying no to. It doesn't mean that at all. No doesn't mean that you're being mean to the people that you're saying no to. Okay? And also another fact about no is, is saying no doesn't mean you don't care about the people that you're saying no to. Now, we need to be saying no. In fact, some, we actually need to just say no. Because here's the thing about no. No is a complete sentence. No, no is also a complete sentence. No. I mean, like my, uh, when, my, when our kids were two, no was their favorite word. They didn't need to qualify it. I wish we could like, you know, I wish we, they didn't need to qualify it. Go and, go and brush your teeth. No. Change your pajamas. No. No is a complete sentence. Man, it's okay to say no. Because every no that we say creates space in our lives to say yes to Jesus. 
you know, to say yes to who Jesus wants you to be, to say yes to what Jesus wants you to do. And so in, um, you know, as I was preparing for this message, I, I came across research. I, I love to research. So this is probably my unique um, style of teaching. But I came across this research and the research said this. It said 85% of what you do, what you can do, someone else can do. It said 10% of what you do, someone else can be trained to do. But it also said this. It said 5% of what you do, you and only you can do. And so that 5% is really where you're going to shine. You know, that 5% is what God has gifted you to do. That 5% is really where you're going to change the world. But you know what the problem is? Most people never get to that 5% that they are uniquely graced to do. Why? Because they haven't learned to say no to the things that they're not supposed to do. To the things that God didn't call them to do. And so how did we, um, Pastor Tafara and I, how did we break free from the comparisons that other people were putting on us? It's simple. We learned to say no. You know, we said, no, we're not doing motivational speaking in this church. We're doing Jesus. We're doing the word. Personally, I said, no, I'm not going to teach like so-and-so. I'm going to teach like me. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we need to say no. So I thought, like, let's practice today. Man, if you're a people pleaser, if you like me, thought, man, you, you could never say no. Let's practice saying no today. Come on, someone say no. no. Okay. I know it's making uh, some of you uh, perpetual, eternal people pleasers are really uneasy. Okay. But we're going to challenge that uneasiness today. Okay. After the count of three, you're going to say no. Okay. One, two, three. No. Man, you can do it. <laughs> Always cheering for you, amen? <laughs> Come on, someone say, I'm going to say no, to, say no. to people who put comparisons on me. And I'm going to say yes to Jesus. I'm going to say yes to who Jesus wants me to be. And I'm going to say yes to who Jesus called me to be. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the second, the second tool, the second cure for comparison is simply this. It's faithfully steward the season of life that you're in. Faithfully steward the season of life that you're in. Um, Luke 16 verse 10 in the New King James, it says this. It says, he who is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And it says, he who is unjust, in other words, he who is unfaithful in that which is least is also unjust, is also unfaithful also in much. So whenever I read this, um, this passage of scripture, I'm reminded um, of when I started my very first job almost 20 years ago um, in the financial services industry. Man, I'd graduated. I'd just received my master's degree. Man, so I was really excited. And my confident expectation of my first job was that they would give me the corner offers. Man, I was excited. I said, with my master's degree, my confident expectation is that I had arrived. And so as I started day one man much to my shock and horror they didn't give me a corner office with my master's degree on day one much to my shock and horror i didn't even have a desk and this is how this is how uh, the, the uh, drastic it was 
they, they, they had two desks. They had two people. They had a desk there and a person sitting on the desk. And they had a desk there and a person sitting on the desk. And the two de- desks were joined together. And they said, man, you're going to sit there. And they made me sit in the crack of the desk, right? So there I was, day was, sitting in the crack of the desk with my master's degree. Thank you, Jesus. Not only did I not have a corner office, I didn't have a desk. They didn't even bother to give a master's degree student a desk. But also... I mean, also, they gave me the oldest laptop the company owned. You know, I think when I started the company, it was probably like 50 years old or whatever. I got the dinosaur that no one wanted. With my master's degree, come on, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then, not only did I not get a corner office, not only did I not have a desk, not only did I have an Ancient of Days laptop, I was relegated with a master's degree to coloring in spreadsheets. Come on, come on. I was crushed. I was devastated. And you know what added to my devastation? Is I started looking around and looking to see what the other students that I'd graduated uh, with my, my master's degree, uh, master's class were doing, right? And then they were like, they were jet setting all over the world. Some of them who had graduated with lower marks than me, they had their own office, a big office. They were on the executive floor. What on earth, you know? And not only that, some of them were doing secondments in the UK, in Europe, you know? Come on, Pastor Henry. Come on, that has you kind of feeling kind of a way, right? Some of them were in um, US, you know? Solutioning clients in New York, New York, Wall Street. And, and, and my reality was so, so, so far from that. Hey? And so, man, this, this, this bothered me because I thought, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to quit. Eh? I'm actually just going to throw in the towel and go somewhere else where they'd appreciate my master's degree. And so I, I remember complaining to one of my mentors, right? Um, someone that I look up to and someone that I trust. And man, if you're going to look for a mentor, look for someone who has fruit in their lives, okay? And so I look for someone with fruit in my lives and then I'm complaining to her. And she looks at me. And I'm expecting some sympathy, man. I've got a master's degree and I'm, you know. And she looks at me. And she says to me, get over yourself. It's like, come again. <laughs> she said, get over yourself. She said, man, didn't, it, didn't we uh, pray for this job? Isn't this the, the job of your dreams? Come on. You've been wanting this job since you started varsity. Get over yourself and get on with it. And then she said this to me, which I'll never forget. She said, man, just faithfully steward the season of life. Just, just do it. Just do what needs to be done and be faithful. And she said, you know what the awesome thing about seasons is? She said, seasons end. They end. And then she said, but, and and you know, the awesome thing about faithfulness is that, man, your faithfulness can determine how quickly the season ends. And then she said to me, and man, I'm I'm just regurgitating the things she said to me because these things set me free. And then she said to me, because here's the thing, you, you will never go to the next season of your life despising where you are right now. She says, you can't. She says, you can never go to the next season of your life. You know, do the things that God wants you to do in that, in that next season. Being unfaithful with what God has placed, with whatever God has placed in your hands. When? Right now. Yeah, man, that woke me up. And so the next day, I'm back at the office. I've got a 
swinging, I'm got a bounce in my step, you know, my chest is held up high because I'm determined that I'm going to faithfully steward this season of life that I'm in. Man, I decided, I'd made a decision that I was going to be the best spreadsheet colorer in that that company had ever had in its 50 years of existence. And so I, you know, colored in those spreadsheets. I was faithful. I faithfully automated it. And soon enough, word got around the block that, man, we got to color in here, you know. And so all the team, team members came and they came in their spreadsheets. Soon the, the bigger team started giving me the spreadsheets. Soon the whole floor <laughs> came and started giving me this spreadsheet. And, and, and church honors say, it wasn't long before I got promoted. I got promoted to the trading floor now where I had my own desk. And my own phone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And it wasn't long after that, church, you know, probably after about 18 months working with the company, that I got promoted. I got promoted to managing a 3 billion rand asset and liability matching portfolio. You want to kill comparisons in its track? You want to break free from the trap of comparison? Start faithfully stewarding the season of life that you're in. Start faithfully stewarding the season of life that you're in. And I also want to add this. Give yourself fully to whatever God is placing in your life. When? Now. Right now. And this is our message. This is how Pastor Tafar and I live. This is, you know, this is our life's motto. Now, we make it our mission to excel in whatever God is placing in our hands right now. Um, Galatians 6 verses 4 to 5 in the message translation, it says this. It says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. And then it says, sink yourself into that. The, the CEV says this. It says, excel in that thing. I love that. Excel in that thing. Whatever work you've been given, you've been given to do, man, make it your goal to excel in that thing. You know, make it your goal to fully develop your own capacity to be the best that you can be in that thing. You know, the scripture also says, don't be impressed with yourself. Come on. Don't compare yourself with others. It says, each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Amen? Don't compare yourself with others. Because really the principle, the reality is this. In life, there's always going to be someone better than you. Okay, that's a fact. You know, in life, there's always going to be someone smarter than you. There's always going to be someone more articulate than you. There's always going to be someone more creative, more creative than you. Man, the list could go on and on forever. You fit in your whatever your more is, there's going to be that person, okay? And what I've learned to say when I see that more, uh, that uh person, I've learned to say, well, good, good for them. You know, good for all of them. You know, these people, they can inspire you. In fact, they, they should be inspiring. You should be observing these people and figuring out what steps have they taken to be the best that they could be in what God is calling them to do. So we can be inspired by them, you know. We can learn tools, lessons, you know, from them. But the one thing we absolutely must stop doing is we must stop comparing ourselves to them and we must stop wanting to be who they are because this is going to stop you from excelling in the things that God wants you to do. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12 in the message translation, it says this. It says, we are not, understand, 
putting ourselves in a league with those who boast that they are superiors. We wouldn't dare do that. But in all this comparing and grading and competing, they quite miss the point. And I think the message in the message is a very strong, it's a very strong message because it's, you know, what, what, what the writer is saying is when we're comparing ourselves to one another, you know, we are missing the point. And what's the point? You're probably asking, well, the point is simply this. Your goal in life shouldn't be to be better than anyone else. And your goal in life shouldn't be to compare yourself to other people. Uh-uh. Your goal in life should be to compare yourself to yourself. And I'm going to say that again. And your goal in life should be to compare yourself to yourself. And we should be making it our goal to be a better version of you today than you were when? Yesterday. And putting plans in place. I mean, many of you put together New Year's resolutions. This is 2021. You know, some of you are in, in, in careers and jobs and businesses. How can I be better, a better banker, a better marketer in 2022 than, than I was in 2021? You know, and we start putting down maybe, course, maybe it's courses that you need to attend to just make you better. You know, maybe it's, um, you know, the marriage class, man. That's going to help your marriage be better. You know, so our goal really in life should be making plans in place to be the best version of you tomorrow. Than you were than you were today and so and so man i want to encourage you if you want to stop focusing on others start faithfully stewarding the season of life and focus on being a better you you know in fact focus on being the best you that you can be amen and the third tool really is simply this stop tripping over small beginnings stop tripping over small beginnings you know someone once said small beginnings are the launching pad for great endings. They said small beginnings are the launching pad for great endings. And of course they are if you don't quit. You know, of course they are, man, if you, if you don't give up. But when things are small, there's always a very real temptation to start comparing your life with someone else and begin to despise really where you are. And, and in many people's lives, and man, I'm very guilty of that, when, when, you, when, you start, when you start off small, you're comparing yourself to other people, you really begin to question if that's really what God called me to do. And, and this really happened to, to us, and I'm going to share the scripture, but first I want to share the scripture. Actually, I'm going to share the testimony. I'm going to share the scripture. Zechariah 4 verse 10 in the NLT says this. It says, do not despise these small beginnings. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. And this scripture always reminds me of, of our small beginnings as, at Designer Life, right? Man, we started, God gave us a vision for Designer Life um, to be a platform where we would encourage and where we'd really empower women from all over with the word of God so that women can begin to step up and step out into the fullness of every single thing that God had specifically for them. And so, man, when God gave us this vision many, many years ago, in fact, I was looking, I was sharing with Marua a, a marketing poster that I found from 2012. Okay, and we were like, man, we didn't know how to market then. Thank God for Taz. Thank God for Tabang and Karen, who've like mark marketers extraordinary, right? In 2012, we didn't know how to market, right? But we started long ago with this vision that God had given us. And so when we started many years ago, Design Life started as a two-hour high tea 
with 30 women. So we were so pumped up. We were excited because, man, this was a vision straight from heaven. And so we said, man, the next year we're going to believe God for double. And so the next year came, you know, design life, another two-hour high tea. Man, we grew. We grew to 30 women. And so we thought, okay, okay, Lord, we're going to believe you next year for double. And so the next year came, we came, we were all excited, design alive, yay, thank you, Jesus. And it came, and we grew yet again to 28. <laughs> there was a very real temptation for me to be discouraged, I'll tell you. You know, I told you last week that the Lord has done a real work in my heart in this area of comparison. Well, this was many years ago before he started his work. And so I started looking around at other ministries, what they were doing there. Mm, they're having the bigger impact. They're more people, blah, blah, blah. And this is the futileness of, of comparison because I'm comparing our three years of designer life with another 25-year uh, conference. I mean, they're incomparable, man. These people have more experience. They've had more time. They've had more opportunity to grow, to learn, uh, you know, to develop. But comparison will get you doing silly, dumb, most of the dumb things like that, right? It will. And so I began looking around and I just began to think, Lord, man, we're going nowhere slowly. Lord, man, this is not, is this really you? And I said in the first service, thank God for wise husbands. Thank God for wise fathers of the house. And yeah, happy Father's Day, Pastor T. We honor you. We love you. Because Pastor T said to me, he said, and I don't know, the, I have people in my life who just tell it like it is, eh? I don't have many people that sugarcoat things, eh? So I, I, I apologize if I also tell you like it is, <laughs> okay? But, but he just told me like it is. He was like, babe, come on, stop it. Stop, you're tripping, you're tripping, you're tripping over small beginnings. Man, I said, man, I'm getting tripped up. I'm getting tripped up because we're, we're starting small. And I remember that day I made a decision, and really it was a quality decision. Um, that, man, we were going to keep showing up. You know, we were going to keep keeping on. And so the next year, we showed up. 30 people came. And then it was probably maybe 35 came. And we were like, it's okay. We're going to keep showing up. We kept on keeping on. We kept on being consistent. Man, there's something about consistency that, that never goes out of fashion. Man, we remain consistent because there's power in consistency. And as we remained consistent, man, we literally watched. Man, we had the front row seat. We watched as God supernaturally increased and multiplied designer life. Man, you heard that testimony, right? I want to share with you. In 2018, I'm told we had about 150 women from all over South Africa. Man, being empowered in the word of God, that can only be God. In 2019, not only did we have women from all over South Africa, but we had, we had women come through from across the continent. We had some come through from as far as Ghana just to be in South Africa for Designer Life. In 2021, man, we were empowering women from all over the world. I don't think there was really a continent that we didn't reach, right? We were empowering women from all over the world, all because we chose to not despise our day of small beginnings. And so I want to encourage someone, man, in the kingdom of God, nothing starts out big. Now forget the big. Everything is going to start out small. But here's the thing about small. Small does not mean insignificant. I'm going to say that again. Small, your small beginning doesn't mean what you're doing is insignificant. Man, it doesn't mean that. Okay? 
doesn't, absolutely doesn't mean that. Why? Why? Why should we not despise the day of small beginnings? Well, the scripture tells us in Zechariah 4 verse 10, the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. You know, the, if God has given you a vision, you know, God has given you a dream, maybe some, God has, if God has given you something to do, the Lord is just rejoicing to see you start. Man, he's cheering you on. He really is. The Lord, and one thing I've learned, the Lord rejoices to just see somebody step out in faith and dare to believe the word that he's spoken over their lives. You know, the Lord rejoices to see somebody, anybody, just step out in faith and dare to believe him for more. And so you want to start breaking free from the trap of comparison? Well, stop despising the day, your day, really, of small beginnings. Man, stop looking around and minimizing what God has specifically assigned for you to build when today. And man, like we, have, we did with Designer Life, man, that, that testimony touches my soul. Touches my soul. Because I always wonder, what, would we have had that testimony if we'd quit? If we'd thrown in the towel? If we thought our small day was, a, was insignificant? No. We remain consistent. And as you remain consistent, as, as, and, and here's another thing, if you're starting out small, man, involve Jesus. Involve Jesus in what you're building. Involve Jesus in what you're starting. Man, as you involve Jesus, watch as Jesus supernaturally increases and multiplies that, that small thing, that small thing, into something truly big, into something that's going to truly change lives all over the world. Amen? And so as I close... I'm just going to share with you briefly um, the uh, four and fourth and fifth fourth and fifth tools. The fourth one is simply this: know who you are in Christ, and embrace your uniqueness. Know who you are in Christ, and embrace your uniqueness. One thing I, I really believe in my heart is that the rejection of who we are in Christ is the number one reason why people compare themselves to other people. You know, God speaking about your identity. You know, he says in his word, you're special. But what comparison will do, comparison will get you looking around and saying, I'm not quite sure about that. I'm not as special as Jane. You know, God speaking about your identity. He'll say this in his word. He'll say, you are capable. You are anointed. But comparison, man, comparison will convince you that you're not as capable as Jack that you're not as anointed as Jill. No, one of the causes of comparison is, is simply this. It's a lack of security and a, really a lack of identity in God. And, and people attempting to find their identity in something else that's outside of a relationship with God, right? So we see people trying to find the identity in the job that they have. You know, some people, we see them trying to find their identity in their possessions and how much money they have, how, much, how many cars they have. We see uh, some people trying to find their identity in their positions, their positions in the corporate world, their positions in, in church, in church leadership. And this one I said in the first service, which is really bizarre, there's some people trying to find their position in titles. Titles. Huh? Titles. It's not about title. It's about function. Can you, are you functioning in the uh, calling of an apostle? But anyway, they, they try to find the identity in all these other things um, that, that, that are not rooted in who God says they are in Christ. F Psalm 139 verse 14 says this, in the New King James, it says, I will praise you because I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. It says, marvelous are your works and that, that my soul knows very well, very well. 
Do you know the, the, the problem of comparison comes because most people's soul does not know very well that they're fearfully and wonderfully made. Most people's soul don't know very well who they are in Christ, what they have in Christ, and where they have in Christ. And man, this was my problem for many years. And so the Lord told me to go into the Word. He told me to go into the Word. And I started making sure that my soul knew very well who I was in Christ. And some of the scriptures that I came across were Ephesians 2 verse 10 in the King James. As we close, Mashi, Ephesians 2 verse 10 in, in King James it says, For we are God's workmanship. It says, we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which Christ or God had before ordained that we should walk in there. It says, it, the Lord began to tell me, man, you are my workmanship. And that word workmanship is so powerful because it denotes something that's manufactured, designed, um, made, handmade by an artisan or craftsman. And the craftsman here is God. And so really what this verse is saying is that God intentionally, he purposefully and he personally created each and every single one of us you know i read jeremiah 1 verse 5 and this is another scripture that the lord re really began to reveal identity to me in the amplified classic it said this it said before i formed you in the womb i knew and approved of you it says as my chosen instrument i want to tell someone here this morning that god knows you not only does god know you but god approves of you you know, other people may not approve of you. Other people may not like you. They may not like what you wear. They may not like how loud you laugh. You know, they may not like um, your personality. But that's okay. Because God always approves of you. And God is well pleased with you. Amen. And it says He chose us. I am chosen. Ephesians 1 verse 4, it says, Even as in His love, He chose us. He actually picked us out for Himself as His own in Christ before the foundation of the world and God picked you out for himself and the good news about God picking you up is he picks you out not because he has to he picks you out because he wants to he picks you out because man he loves you and you are chosen and then um, you know the last scripture I want to share in Ephesians I'm going to go back to Ephesians 2 verse 10 and I'm going to read it specifically in the New Living Translation and it says this, it says, For we are God's masterpieces. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. God's saying you are His masterpiece. You know, in the art world, they say one of the distinguishing features of a masterpiece is that a masterpiece is not only an original, but a masterpiece is also unique. And so when God is calling you His masterpiece, He's saying, man, you're not just original. You are also unique. God is saying this morning that you are a one-of-a-kind original. And so, man, it's, it's really useless to compare ourselves to other people because we are incomparable. You know, there's no one else alive that has the same gifts, the same talents, the same assignments, the same destiny that you have. There's no one else who has the same story that you have. And I shared it with the first service. There's absolutely no one else on this earth alive. There never has been and there never will be. There's no one who has the same story, the same testimony that you have. 
And man, when you begin to share your story, when you begin to share your testimony to the people that God has specifically called you to minister to, when you begin to share your story in the place that God is specifically calling you to be in, to minister in, man, this, your story, your story is going to change lives. And so I want to encourage you to value your uniqueness. You know, embrace your uniqueness and let God use it. Let God use your uniqueness. Don't try to be like anyone else. Man, you bring something unique to the table and, and your unique contribution absolutely matters. Amen. I'm going to ask you to please stand on your feet. Thank you, Jesus. And, and really, I want to close with this. The, first, the fifth and final tool, the fifth and final cure for comparison is simply this. Trust God with your needs to be met. Trust God with your needs to be met and trust Him to make you into the person really that you, that you, that you want to become. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says this, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. It says, lean not unto your own understanding. You know, I'm standing here um, in Johannesburg. Man, I, I, you know, I don't know how to put it. We believe God for me to be standing with my husband in Colorado. And we've been standing in faith for that. We, we really wanted for us all as a family to be in Colorado, um, really celebrating and just enjoying each other's company in Colorado. Um, but I couldn't get a visa interview. I couldn't get a visa interview. In fact, the visa interviews that are available are in 2023. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was gutted. I was so disappointed so disappointed because man we were going to be spending time with our good friends Ashley and Carly where we were going to be meeting other ministers at the pastor's retreat and just being refreshed in the word of God I was so so disappointed because we were going to be hanging out with Billy and Miss Becky Epperhart and, and recording um, some sessions some um, programs you know for our program on, on, on Faith TV I was gutted and the Lord began to minister to me um, this week when it became very obvious that I wasn't going. And he said to me, trust me. He ministered to me and he said, trust me with all of your heart. Trust me with all of your heart. And on Thursday, I decided to trust God. And I decided to trust that God is good. That God works all things together for my good I think I've made a decision that I'm going to trust God that right now here I'm in his perfect will and I'm going to trust God that right now I am exactly where God needs me to be and so I say this to encourage you you know maybe you don't have right now in your life man what you've been believing God for Maybe you're not, you know, where you think you, you should be. You know, I, I don't know. I feel some of you, there are really things that you've just been standing for. You've been believing God for. And I want to share with you, just trust God. Trust God. Trust that God is good. Trust that God is faithful. And He's going to be faithful to you. Trust that God right now, He can go. He has gone ahead of you and He's making every crooked part straight. Trust God. 
trust God. He is good. He is faithful. He will work all things together for your good. Trust God. Trust God. Believe God. Believe God. Believe God. Man, believe God. Believe God. Lean not unto your own understanding. Lean not unto your own understanding because your understanding is limited. Your understanding is small. Come on higher and see what I see. Come on up higher and see the salvation of the Lord. Come on up higher and see and see and see my goodness. Come on up higher and see how I can make the impossible possible. Come on up higher and see how I can make the improbable probable. Come on up higher. Stop leaning onto your understanding. God is good. God is good. And he is good to you. And verse 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge that he is good. Acknowledge that he is faithful. Acknowledge that he will fulfill the promises, the words that he has spoken over you. And it says, and he, he shall direct your paths. Another translation says that he will make straight your paths. The Lord will show you which way you should go. The Lord is going to show you which way to go. And I speak that over someone. He's making your path, your crooked path straight. Just trust Him. I'm trusting. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting. Let's, can we trust together? I trust God. Are you trusting God? Come on, someone say, I trust God. I trust that God is good. I trust that God is faithful. I trust that God right now. I trust that God right now is working all things together for my good, for my absolute good. I'm trusting God that right now I am in His perfect will. I am exactly where He needs me to be. Come on, why don't we give God a big shout of praise? Because He's a good Father. He's a good Father. Come on, someone say, thank you, Lord, for teaching me how to break free from the trap of comparison. I am convinced that I am running my own race in this world. I will not limit you by comparing myself to others. You have given me everything that I need to succeed in this world. I base my worth in what you say about me, in your word, and not what I have, and in not what I do not have. I will keep my eyes on you and renew my mind to your word daily. Come on, let's give God a big, 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 big shout of praise. Man, I, I, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give Him your biggest thank you. Give Him your biggest praise. Give Him your biggest thank you. Give Him your highest praise. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for every single person, really under the sound of my voice. Father, we thank you that they are running their own races today. Father, I thank you that they're running their own race with a greater boldness and a greater confidence on, in who you created them to be. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you man that you are good you are so good and that you were good for us all the time and so father we thank you we thank you we glorify you we honor you in the mighty name of jesus we pray and we all say amen and amen and amen we hope this message has been a blessing to you thank you for listening to find out more about how you can become a partner visit faithhill.tv today